are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year, I am reading and reflecting on this four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. Today, we are reading our last section of Volume 1, The Conception. And so tomorrow, we begin Volume 2. You can also discuss today's readings over on Facebook at the group Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. Today is day number 90. It's hard to believe that we're here, isn't it? That 90 days ago, January 1st, we began this journey with the mystical city of God. We are reading from Book 2, Chapter 24, Paragraphs 794 to 802. 794. Her husband is honorable in the gates when he sitteth among the senators of the land. Just as in the olden times judgment was held under the city gates, so the portals of eternal life judgment is pronounced separately over each one, whereas on the last day we are to expect the general judgment of the whole world. In the universal judgment, St. Joseph, one of the men of the Most Holy Mary, will take his seat among the nobility of the kingdom of God. For he will sit in the judgment with the apostles over the world, enjoying this privilege as the spouse of the most valiant woman, the queen of all, and as the putative father of the supreme judge. The other man of this lady is her son, as I have already said, and he is acknowledged and recognized as the supreme lord and true judge in both the particular judgment and in that which is to be held over all the angels and all men. This supreme power devolves in part also upon most holy Mary, For it was she who gave him the flesh, with which he redeemed the world. 7.95 She made fine linen and sold it and delivered a girdle to the Canaanite. In this solicitous labor of the valiant woman are pointed out two excellences of our great queen. First, she made a linen so pure, so spacious and large, that the eternal word, although he had to constrain and limit his greatness, could descend and clothe himself in it. And she sold it to no one else than the Lord himself, who gave her in return his own son. For there was nothing in all creation which was of sufficient price to buy this linen sheet of the purity and sanctity of Mary. Nor could any man merit to be her son except the Son of God himself. She also gave, not sold, most graciously a cincture to the Canaanite, cursed by his father. Genesis 9.25 For all those that participated in the first malediction and were despoiled and subjected to disorderly appetites and inclinations could now gird themselves anew by the cincture which Most Holy Mary procured for them through her only and firstborn and only son and through the law of grace, thereby being able to reform themselves and gird themselves with new strength. No excuse remains for the foreknown and the damned, angels and men, since all of them had the means to restrain themselves against their disorderly passions, equally with the predestined, for they can avail themselves of the graces gratuitously obtained for them by Most Holy Mary, and no payment is required for them. 7.96 Strength and beauty are her clothing, and she shall laugh in the latter day. Another new adornment and vestment of the valiant woman are strength and beauty. Strength makes her invincible in suffering and in operating against the infernal powers. 
Beauty gives her exterior grace and admirable decorum in all her actions. On account of these two prerogatives, our queen was amiable in the eyes of God and of the angels of the world. She was not only free from all reprehension of sin and defect, but she possessed that double grace and beauty which pleased and charmed so much of the Holy Spirit when he said that she was entirely beautiful and pleasing to him. And where there is no fault to be deplored, there also is no cause of mourning on the last day, when none of the mortals shall be without such cause, except this Our Lady and her most holy Son. All others were tainted with some defect, for which they must grieve. And on that day the damned will weep, for not having properly wept over all their sins before. On that day this valiant woman shall be full of delight and joy, returning thanks for her own incomparable felicity, as also for the execution of the divine justice against the wicked and rebellious by her most holy son. 797. She hath opened her mouth to wisdom, and the law of clemency is on her tongue. This great excellency of the valiant woman is not to open her mouth for aught except to teach the fear of the Lord, or in pursuance of some work of clemency. This our queen and lady fulfilled in the highest perfection. She opened her mouth as the mistress of wisdom, when she said to the holy archangel, Fiat mihi secundum verbum tuum, Luke 1, 38. And whenever she spoke, it was as the most prudent virgin, and as one filled with the knowledge of the Most High, as a teacher to all, and as one interceding for the miserable children of Eve, the law of clemency, was always on her lips as a most kind mother of mercy, and her intercession and prayer is by itself an inviolable law, on which our deliverance depends in all our necessities. We are safe, if only we know how to induce her to open her mouth and move her tongue for our intercession. 798. She hath looked well to the path of her house, and hath not eaten her bread idle, it is no small honor for the mother of a family to keep a strict watch over all the ways of augmenting most unfailingly its property and happiness. But in this divine prudence, none except Mary gave an altogether perfect example to mortals. She alone knew how to investigate and search all the ways to justice and to find the straight roads by which, with greater security and speed, the divinity can be reached. She attained to this knowledge so expeditiously that she outstripped all mortals and even the cherubim and seraphim themselves. She recognized and detected good and evil, the height and depth of sanctity, the extent of human weaknesses, the astuteness of our enemies, the dangers infesting the world, and all that is terrestrial. At the same time, she put all her knowledge into practice, never eating her bread idle and receiving neither her soul nor divine grace in vain. Psalm 23, 4. And thus she merited what follows. 7.99. Her children rose up and called her blessed, her husband, and he praised her. Great and glorious things have the true sons of this woman said of her in the church militant, calling her most blessed among women, and let not those that have not risen up and praised her call themselves her children, nor learned, nor wise, nor devout. 
Yet although all the saints of the church have spoken, being inspired and moved by her man and spouse Christ and the Holy Ghost, nevertheless it seems as if he has as yet only kept silence and has not yet risen to publish the countless and exalted mysteries concerning his most holy mother. I was given to understand that they are so great as to be reserved for revelation only in the triumphant church after the last judgment, for it would not be opportune to manifest them now to this world, which is unworthy and incapable of understanding such wonders. There Christ will speak, the man of Mary, in order to manifest his and her glory, and for the joy of the saints, the prerogatives and the excellences of that lady. There shall we know them in full. Here it is sufficient that we reverently recognize them under the veil of faith, and that we live now in the hope of fully understanding these great blessings in the future. 800. Many daughters have gathered together riches. Thou hast surpassed them all. All the souls that have come to the attainment of the grace of the Most High are called his daughters, and all the merits, gifts, and graces which they gained or could gain are true riches. For earthly possessions have unjustly usurped the name of riches. Great will be the number of the predestined. He that is enumerated by the stars by their names knows it. Psalm 144.4 But Mary has gathered more riches than all who are children of Adam and of herself. She alone attained such a position, not only so as to be called their mother and they her children, but so as to become the mother of God himself. For in this she far surpasses all the glory that the entire number of the predestined ever possess or will possess. And because in comparison with these riches and gifts of interior grace and their corresponding glory, the exterior and apparent outward appearance of woman, which is held in so high esteem by them, is but vanity. Solomon adds and says, 801. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. Therefore the woman that feareth the Lord shall be praised. Give her the fruits of her hands, and let her works praise her in the city gates. The world falsely esteems as gracious many things that are not so, and that have no more of beauty and grace in them than what they derive from the erroneous judgment of the ignorant, as, for example, the outward appearance of virtue in our works, the pleasure excited by sweet and eloquent words, wit and elegance in our speech or behavior, the benevolence of superiors or popularity. All this is deceitful and fallacious, no less than the beauty of a woman which vanishes in so short a time. She, who fears God and teaches others to fear him, merits truly the praise of men and of the Lord himself. And because God himself wishes to praise her, Scripture says, Give her of the fruit of her hands. He proportions his praise also to the excellence of the deeds publicly known to her, and intimates that these deeds themselves proclaim her praise. The praise of men is of small value to one who degrades herself by her own conduct. Accordingly, the Most High wishes that the deeds of his Most Holy Mother shall become manifest in the portals of his Holy Church, and so far as is possible and opportune, as I have said above, while the greater glory and praise is reserved for her in the heavenly Church, and will endure through all the ages and ages. Amen. Instruction of the Queen of Heaven 802. In this chapter of Holy Scripture, thou hast at thy disposal many points of information for thy proper guidance. And although thou hast not touched upon all that it contains, yet I wish that thou write in thy inmost heart 
as well as that which thou hast declared is also that which thou hast omitted, and I wish that thou put it into practice. For this purpose it is necessary that thou live retired within thyself, forgetful of all the visible and terrestrial things, more attentive to the divine light, which assists thee and protects thy sensible faculties with double vestments against the influences of lukewarmness and coldness on the way of perfection. And it is necessary that thou resist the incitements of thy unruly passions, gird them and restrict them by the powerful means of the fear of God. Withdrawn from the deceitful outward appearances, raise thy mind to the contemplation and the understanding of thy interior condition, and of the paths which the Lord has shown thee for seeking him in secret, and for finding him without danger of error. Having once tasted the intercourse with heavenly things, do not allow thy negligence to extinguish in thy mind the divine light that illumines and enlightens thee in darkness. Eat not thy bread in idleness, but work without relaxing in solicitude, and then thou shalt eat of the fruit of thy diligence. Strengthened by the Lord, thou wilt perform works worthy of his regard and complacence, and thou wilt run after the odor of his ointments until thou arrive at their eternal possessions. This concludes our reading today for day number 90. We have been reading from Volume 1, Book 2, Chapter 24, Paragraphs 794 to 802. Today, we finished Volume 1, The Conception of the Mystical City of God by Venerable Maria of Agreda. I said it at the very beginning of our reading today, and I repeat it again. Congratulations. This is the first time I've ever read Volume 1 in its entirety. I had read a good chunk of it, I had also spot read here towards the end of it. I read the selection of Joseph previously, but I've never read the entire volume. And I feel so blessed, and I hope you feel blessed too now, that we've completed this first volume. And I'm so much looking forward to volume two and delving into these great messages and announcements of our salvation. And what happens then as we begin really the rosary mysteries as we begin book number two? There's still something that we could say about Proverbs 31 in our reading today. Her husband is honorable in the gates when he sitteth among the senators of the land. The Holy Father Pope Francis a while back called for that year of St. Joseph. And that was a year for us to think about the spouse of the Blessed Mother. Her husband is honorable in the gates. We were able to think about how honorable he is, and the reason he has this honor is because of his relationship to Mary as her spouse, but then because she is the mother of God, and he becomes that foster father of the child, Jesus, taking him, raising him as his own. We hear the virtues of St. Joseph. Why is he honorable? Pray the litany of St. Joseph, and you'll pray, and you'll understand why he's honorable. But most especially, again, go back to a few readings ago, because he's the guardian and the protector of the Blessed Virgin and of the Redeemer. He provides for them, protects them, guards them. Joseph is also significant, as now in our church we call him the patron of the universal church. So no wonder he would be there in such a high place of honor at the city gates. 
She opened her mouth to wisdom, and the law of clemency is on her tongue. How beautiful it was we heard those words, Fiat mihi secundum verbum tuum, let it be done to me according to your word. That's where Mary opens her mouth in the pages of sacred scripture. And then she opens her mouth at the visitation. She opens her mouth as she converses with the individuals, the wise men, the magi, the shepherds, with Simeon and Anna and with others. Although those words may not be recorded in sacred scripture, she opened her mouth in those moments. And at the wedding feast of Cana, giving that most magnificent counsel, do whatever he tells you. So Mary opens her mouth that is full of wisdom, as our reading says. I thought it was an interesting line here. We are safe if only we know how to induce her to open her mouth and move her tongue for our intercession. Of course, Mary opens her mouth. And one of the ways we move her is as we pray the rosary. Well, she opens her mouth because she tells the Lord they're praying the rosary for peace in the world. She opens her mouth to the Lord when we say to her, remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known. She prays for us. And so by our acts of intercession, by our forms of devotion, she opens her mouth before the Lord and prays for us. Her children rose up and called her blessed, her husband, and he praised her. Well, think about all of the saints, again in our tradition, who have praised the Blessed Mother. So many homilists, so many preachers, so many other individuals. This is why I wrote the book, How They Love Mary, to show how many saints praised her in so many different ways. And we, because we are the recipients of the goodness of God that comes to us again through the Blessed Mother, well, we're able to praise her. A person who's had an answered prayer, they praise the Blessed Virgin. They tell their friends, I said this prayer and Our Lady interceded for me. And so we all rise up. We are the sons and daughters of God. We rise up and we praise her at the city gates. Let her works praise her at the city gates. Mary had a wonderful role in the work of our salvation by giving us our Savior and Redeemer. And just imagine what it was like when Mary was assumed body and soul into heaven. The angels lifting her up, bringing her. The angels in all of heaven singing praises of God. Maybe they sing Ave Maria, but Mary being praised at the city gates. This is something that I can only imagine happens in the heavenly kingdom. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year, I am reading and reflecting on the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. May God bless you, and Mary pray for you.